You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. If you have your Bible, Revelations, the fifth chapter, the ninth verse, I'm reading out of the King James, it, it, so it goes, thee thouth thuseth, that kind of thing. Verse 9, and they, I wonder who the they is. Well, if you back up to verse 8, you'll see the prayer of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to add the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10. And thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. Oh, my goodness. Do you know who he's talking about? Do do you know what he's saying? How many folk in here have said the sinner's prayer? How many of you have, have made him the Lord of your life? Then take your finger and go, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. The saints sung a new song. And where did they sing it? In the presence of the Lamb. Mm. Mm. This ought to help us with our eschatology because if you understand who they're singing to and the timing in which they are singing. I've had some confusion through the years on my eschatology. Wasn't sure where I was at, so I just stood on pan trip. But now I'm looking at the Word and I'm understanding where the saints are. The saints are singing to the Lamb who is worthy to open the seals and pour out the judgments. That's a drop-the-mic moment. We gonna be there. Mm -hmm. I was reading this, and and, uh, actually, actually I hadn't read this yet. Let, let Let me back up. I woke up yesterday morning... And I heard a song. That's not unusual for a songwriter. Because it starts oftentimes with just an inspiration, a thought, a word. Sometimes a hum, a melody, something you've heard. Sometimes you hear another song that allows you to write off of that song. But I woke up and there was no music playing. I hadn't been awake enough to have any inspiration. Hadn't even had coffee yet. It was early. I woke up and I heard a song fall in my heart. And I knew it wasn't me singing it. Mm -hmm. There was a song reverberating in my thought processes, in my heart, in my mind. And I, I stopped for a moment and I could hear it. And that's when this scripture came to my mind. And I sit down and I read it, and I went, Ooh. 
I'm hearing something. Every generation has a sound. Every generation has a feeling. Every generation expresses itself through song. It is a God-given gift to be musical. In fact, science will tell you that all of, how do I say this, uh, all of the universe, the entire universe as far as they can measure, vibrates like a tuning fork. It, it gives off a sound. Ooh. Something you can tune to. <laughs> I'm having fun already and I even got started. Mm. And and it's God. He, in other words, when God said, let there be light, he did it with a rhythm. Yes, yes. He did it with a melody. He did it with the release of a note. Let it be boom. Like a timpani in an orchestra. When God said, let it be, it was. Mm, I got to quit. I'm having fun already. Mm. If I was going to title this message today, it is, I hear a song. I've never heard it like I hear it now. But I've never been this close to the end as I am now. I've been living this thing now for over 50 years. I've been born again for over 50 years. I've given the majority of my life to Christ. I've walked with him, talked with him, prayed with him, worshiped him, magnified his name, know him as for who he is. But I've never felt the feeling I feel today. I thank God, I thank God that he arrested the church and put all the idols of America on their face and caused us to be in a place where we wane and want and desire to come back into his house and to lift up an anthem of praise to his name. I'm so thankful in my heart. As much as I hated it, as much as I disagreed with it, now my heart says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a new awakening on the inside of me. There's a new song emanating out of my being. There is something deep, deep, deep down within that says, I just can't stop praising him mm. yes. wow I don't know how good this is going to be I'll give it a shot if the notes ain't working I'll throw them to Pastor Colleen and take off and run down the aisle I'll do what God says do I know those of you who run the camera I apologize I could get out of focus if I get out of focus you stay with us folks it's just me running around the house shouting how good God is Mm. I hear a song. Whew. Can I slow down and do this? I don't know. The Star Spangled Banner was written by Francis Scott Key on September the 14th, 1814. It was a poem that was later set to music. Whew. In 1931, Herbert Hoover our 31st president signed a bill declaring the star-spangled banner as our national anthem. But that song was birthed in warfare and attack. 
it, it all happened on a Maryland military installation called Fort McHenry. And the fact that the fort and the flag that flew over it withstood a hellish assault and proved the strength of the American resolve to remain a people of freedom has made that song reverberate with every red-blooded American because we understand the price that was paid for us to still be standing here today, lifting him up, magnifying him, glorifying him, and having our president declare that the church of Jesus Christ is essential for the life of America. Mm. That song opens all of our sporting events and all the pomp and circumstance and ho at home and abroad. It reflects the adoration, courage, and sovereignty of our great nation collectively as a people united for a cause. And I love that song. And I get doodads when I hear that song, even at a ball game. And if I'm wearing a hat, it comes off, and it goes over my heart. And if I'm not wearing a hat, my hand goes over my heart. There are some today who don't revere that flag the way that we do, but if they but for one moment stood on the shores of the hell of war, they would change their mind very, very quickly if they understood the price that's been paid for you and I to sing that song. Mm. It's another great song of the church called Amazing Grace, which was written by John Newton, published in 1779, but written in 1772. It was a prayer written out by Newton. He was an Anglican clergyman and English poet, a captain of a slave ship with a heart that convicted him of his crimes against humanity. He was 47 when he wrote that anthem. It's probably the most recognizable of all Christian hymns of all time. It addresses the unworthy condition of every sinner who encounters God's grace and mercy. And it's per, it, it also tells of protection from life's dangers and its translation to eternal reward all through a heart of humility. Mm. When I sing Amazing Grace... Even folks who aren't church often know that song and can sing along, at least parts of it, at least the first verse. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John Newton understood what kind of man he was and what kind of man he was now. He understood his depravity and now is writing for the world to know that there is a God of grace and mercy, that no matter how depraved you get, there's a God that's pulling for you, desiring to bring you in, desiring to bring you unto himself, desiring to wipe away your past and, and take away the writing of guilt over your life so that you may be free forevermore and live, uh, and live without guilt in this life knowing that I am covered, covered by the blood of the Lamb. I am covered by the blood of the lamb. The things that I once done, according to the word, have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Oh, and according to the word, it says that it's been placed. It's, it's, it doesn't say it in such words, but it alludes to that our sins have been tossed in a sea where God cannot go back and retrieve them called forgetfulness. Our God not only forgives, he forgets. He doesn't even realize you ever did it. 
if you came and cried for his mercy because whom the son sets free is free indeed. Woo, if you believe that one more time, let the Lord know it. Go ahead, clap at home. Mess everybody up in your house. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, music is the medium of the heart and soul. Like a bird, you were born to sing. Pastor Colleen's going, whoo, hallelujah. We tease her all the time because she sings just slightly under the pitch, slightly over the pitch. Sometimes she can sing the whole song in the wrong pitch. That is talent. <laughs> But aren't you glad that even in that, not all of us are born singers, but even in that, God made provision by saying, just make a joyful noise. Because it's music to God's ears. Some of, us, some of us who think we can sing when we get to heaven are going to back up to all those little folk who, who couldn't find their voice here on earth as they sing unto the Lamb. We're just going to stand back and shout and glorify as God. God does something supernatural in their presence. Whew, leave me alone, I'm trying to preach. Every generation produces a song. And many of life's historical events have been captured in song. A song like a time capsule. It's the popular thing when it's sown in its time and it becomes a beacon of information for the generations that are now removed from that time. It describes our rising up and our falling. It describes our triumphs and our failures. Our dreams and our future desires are often captured in a song. I've known many songs to come and go in my lifetime. I've watched as the music of the 50s 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and even up to 2020. And each of those decades, you could measure what was going on in that society by the songs they were writing. You could sense their heart. You could sense what was on their mind. You could sense what political upheavals or triumphs were happening during that decade. Oftentimes, we don't think of a decade as that important, but it's the beginning of a 10-year stretch. I'm about to face a new one. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> But each decade moved and shifted and reflected the mindset of that decade. On occasion, I go back and I listen to the music of decades ago. Shabbat, shabbat, hey, ding dong, baling, ling, ling, shaboom, All the old folks went, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> My mama told me, you better shop around. <laughs> Play that funky music, white boy. Every decade had a sound, had a feel, 
And a lot of people have tried and tried and tried to forget disco. Except Pastor Colleen. She throws parties around disco. (laughs) But I love to go back because when I go back and listen to those things, having lived through those decades, it takes me someplace. It delivers me to a memory of how things were. Sometimes it delivers me back to a greater innocence than the reality that I'm living today. Other times I listened to the lyrics and I went, oh my goodness, I had no idea that song said that. I was so busy boogieing at the time, I wasn't listening to the words. And I hear some of them words and I go, oh my goodness, that's lewd and crude and nasty. Had no idea that's what that song said. I've been boogieing to it for years. Mm. <laughs> Someone said, oh, toes. <laughs> a song speaks of a people and what's on their heart and mind. I find that even the music of the church has taken on many changes, just the same as secular music has changed. That's why we have, we have sometimes divide in church. I, I saw this divide happen when we went from singing in the hymn books to we went to choruses and then now full-fledged uh, I don't know what you call it, worship. It was originally called contemporary. Now we just call it worship music. And it's gone through several changes. And now it's just here not long ago, kind of went through a 60s sound. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're going to drag that back up. But even the church has a song that tells kind of where the church is in that moment in time. Hmm. But Revelations gives me an invite to a song that we cannot miss, ladies and gentlemen. I awoke with a sound reverberating in my soul, a song that I'm hearing emanating from my inner person. I believe it to be a signal, an anthem, if you will, I didn't write the song, yet I feel as if my life is adding a verse, a chorus, a bridge. Something is being added from my life to the song. God needs you for his song. I believe the song was first first birth by the first church martyr of the faith, Abel. We don't have to go far to find the first martyr for his faith. Within the second generation, created generation, first generation born from that, I call that the second generation, my number might be off. But Abel, murdered at the hand of his own brother, Abel was the first to pass 
from this life into eternity, saved from the endemic curse by the blood of a sacrificial lamb. He was covered by that blood until the true spotless lamb ratified its power and translated him from the bosom of Abraham into eternity. Mm -hmm. I believe the song started with a single solitary voice. One voice lifting up the name of God in a generation that had already chosen rebellion. A brother trying to outdo him and look better than him couldn't take the rejection from God when he found out he didn't do it God's way. And the man who did it God's way found his way to the grave. But from the ground, a song emanated. Because if you go back and read it, when, when God showed up in the garden, he showed up and he talked, not the garden, but when God showed up and he talked with Cain, he said, why is it that your brother's blood is speaking to me from the ground? I believe he was singing. Redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. It started with a single solitary voice, but throughout the ages, voices have been added to the song. First voice that I can think of added to the song had to be Noah. Then Enoch. Then Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Isaac. And the sound began to grow. And Daniel and David and Ruth and Esther and Isaac and Amos. And the song continued to grow. Obadiah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, Mary Magdalene, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Thaddeus, and Bartholomew. They were added to the song. Austin, I'm going to have you and your team. I know we just got, you just got seated. I'm going to have you and your team to come. Mm. The song started with a solitary voice. And I know this building is hot. Stay with me. The song started with a solitary voice. But through the ages, each saint that died in God lifted up their voice next to Abel, came and took their stand beside him and lifted up an anthem to the lamb, the spotless lamb of God. Mm. Then came the Reformation. Men like Tyndale and Wycliffe and Martin Luther and Spurgeon and Dowie and, and uh, Maria Woodworth Etter and William Seymour and Smith Wigglesworth and Amy Simple McPherson and Catherine Kuhlman and Oral Roberts and the latest was Billy Graham standing uh, 
singing the song of the redeemed. They're standing shoulder to shoulder with the first soul, the first soloist, the first single voice that lifted up this banner of Christ. Now is a vast army singing over the portals of glory. You can hear the song. It's emanating deep in my spirit. I'm hearing a song that I've never heard before. The song has been building in melody, building in harmony, building in intensity. It's been spilling from heart to heart now for over 6,000 years. It's an anthem that every heart and voice and every generation find their solace in. And the subject matter of the song is completely encapsulating. And every ear that catches its melody is so enveloped that the very definition of their entire being is wrapped up in the song. We had a couple of those moments. We were scratching the surface today of that place. I give our worship leader and the team kudos today because they tapped into the song. Austin, give me a sound. It started as a single note and one voice. And in each successive decade and generation, the song began to grow. Voices added. Hearts knit together. The theme of the song is awe. The measure is abandonment of self in the adoration of the subject. It is written in the key of life where death is swallowed forever. Oh, Passion Church, Church of Jesus Christ, I hear a song. It is a song of the remnant church come to worship in reckless abandon not caring what someone beside me thinks not caring how I look not caring what whispers will be said behind my back all I care is that I'm in his presence I am his child I'm forevermore redeemed And he alone is worthy of all my praise. My life is an instrument of praise for God. 
I'm looking for a revival. But more than that, revival just means breathing back to life. I'm looking for something that is sustained. I'm looking for an awakening in God. I'm looking for a song. I'm looking for my purpose in God's song. Mm. It is the song of the remnant church. It is the final generation of believers in Christ. Moving in unison. Its beats per minute are in sync with the heartbeat of Father God. Its anthem of the church of Jesus Christ preparing for his return. I can hear a melody that once was faint but now is building to a crescendo. It's the song that only the saints can sing. It's the song of the redeemed. It is the song of the redeemed. 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 Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed. His child forever I am. I hear a song. I hear a song. I've never heard it this way but it is in my spirit it is in my soul it is building in intensity it is building in strength it is a people that are thankful for what God has done have you bring it down just a hair it is a people who collectively are singing in unison and harmony all at the same time. It is the church of the redeemed. It is the children of the most high God. And it is a choir that is nearly complete. I wouldn't be hearing it if the time wasn't close. I'll never make a prediction. God is God. I am not. I wouldn't dare try to read the mind of God. But if he's letting me hear the saints sing, then we have a handful of days left. Take this message to a world lost and undone. They're still boogieing to the sound of man and they've never heard the song of God. (laughs) 
At the end of the book of Revelation, there's another crew of 144,000 people, Jews, saved out of the, the time of tribulation, the great tribulation, who will have a song that the saints, today saints, cannot sing. But my song's already been defined. And we get to sing it in front of the elders of heaven. We get to sing it together collectively, the final choir of God. Before all the creatures of heaven and all the things unexplained in the book of Revelation, they will stand silently as the angels watch us sing the song of the redeemed. And my question is this. I think I know most everybody in this room. My question is this. And I will end. Have you joined the choir? Can you sing the song? Does it emanate from your heart? How about you? Does it emanate from your heart? Whether you're in your living room, on your electronic device. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in aisle three in Walmart. But if you begin to hear the first note of grace, it's a song written in the key of life that will remove you as far your sin is far from you as the east is from the west. And it's as simple as joining the choir. Can I say this? There are no tryouts. You don't have to prove you can sing. All you have to do is come and join in the singing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, here and where you are, I'm going to ask you if you're ready this is your moment. You may have prayed this prayer a hundred times. So 101 won't hurt. But you want to know in your heart because the time is near. The remnant church is on the rise. The final generation is about to sew up the will of the Father. And soon the choir will be set and when it's done, it all ends. If you want to be a part of the choir,
you haven't. If you're in this building, raise your hand and I will agree with you. If you're watching me by streaming or television, just pray with me right now. Help me, saints. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I've removed from your goodness. I don't want to be. I'm tired. I'm tired of the way I live. I'm tired of the pressure. I'm tired of the heartache. I'm tired of the fear. I'm ready to fall into the arms of Jesus and make him the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. And I will serve you starting now through all eternity. Add my name to the Lamb's book of life. And you hear my voice as I sing with your choir. Redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. Redeemed his child forever. I am in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, be sure to write us and let us know. Send us a message. We want to hear from you. Saints, if you would stand, Austin, do you have something to take us out? I probably caught you off guard. I'm have Austin take us out when we're done. When he's through, you can consider yourself dismissed. If you want to find a place to pray in this place, that would be a great way to go. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.